This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Healing in Hindsight. We're rocking with episode five. And with today's guest, I'm really excited to have her on. Uh, her name is Lexi, the Divabetic, or better known for the Sugarless Society. Um, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lexi and really listening to her story. And the reason why I'm really excited about this is this is my first guest who is a type one diabetic. Um, if you're not familiar, you know, type one is insulin deficient, type two is insulin resistant. Um, but there are a lot of common things that, you know, type one and type two diabetics share, and there are some differences. Um, so I really appreciated her time and her story, especially because she had to really learn how to manage her, her diabetes at such a young age. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, but I won't do a super long intro on this. Um, I really think you're just going to get a lot out of it. Be sure that you follow her and make sure you thank her too, because she is the one who brought it to my attention that Iran has no insulin, y'all. Like, none. So, without further ado, let's get to it. You are listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. E Minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. So hi, Lexi. Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a, a beautiful Saturday. The weather is nice. Um, so I will not complain. It's Halloween here. Mm -hmm. I know by the time people listen to this, it won't be. But still, <laughs> I think it's important to recognize that it is a Saturday, Halloween, and a full moon. Like, it's real today. It it's, is it's real. A, a real deal Saturday <laughs> weather so <laughs> that must mean something 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 is amiss something is amiss well I really appreciate your time and hopping onto the show and getting to learn more about you and everything that you're building um, especially everything that you're doing for the diabetic community um, so just you know to kind of kick us off uh, I'd like for you to share with everyone like who you are and what do you do and kind of what your passions are Okay, so hi everybody. I am Lexi, the Divabetic on Instagram. I am basically just living my life with diabetes. <laughs> if I were to explain myself as a person, um, I would literally just use my roles of a wife, <laughs> a daughter, mm -hmm. um, and an entrepreneur. And I just, I love to um, not care for people and take care of people, but like, kind of care for people and take care of people. I have a yeah, very, yeah. very nurturing spirit. So, um, oh, and I'm also a dog mom. Love my baby. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's Lexi. Um, what was the second question? 
Uh, like, what are your passions? Oh, my passion. You, okay. stuff you're into? So I recently got into cycling, indoor cycling. You know, during COVID, obviously you can't go to the gym anymore. So yeah. I got a stationary bike. And like, when I tell you, I really feel like I'm in class with other people uh, with the Peloton app, if you've ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. One of my good friends, she loves her Peloton bike. Ooh, like, loves it. It is amazing. Well, I don't have the Peloton brand bike, but mm-hmm. I have- You work with what you work with. with. Yes. Like, yeah. So I, you know, I pay $12 a month and I get basically like the live classes with everybody. So it's really cool. Anyway, awesome. yeah. So cycling is one of my passions. Um, photography, videography, I've always loved those things. And I recently got into painting. It's crazy how you start discovering like- Things that you didn't really know that you loved until you're like locked down and stuck at home and you have to find something to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I sip and paint. I like to sip and paint. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually have those. Like, it's literally what it's called. And I'm like, or, or you know, painting with a twist. They have different mm-hmm. names, but I've, I've seen sip and paint. And those are definitely fun. We did a team builder um, one time when I was out in California for a work trip. Um but yeah, painting and, and art has definitely been a huge form of, of therapy for me growing up. My mom painted, so I was always drawing, always, you know, doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to not, to not do anything on the walls, thankfully. I think uh, <laughs> I think my parents scared me enough to not draw on the walls, but uh, I definitely love painting and all that. And uh, I'm actually trying to get more into photography and videography. Like I got my camera, I bought my camera off my sister because uh, she wasn't using it. So I'm like, cool, well, let me use it so I can yeah. like play around with it. So I'm gonna have to hit you up for some tips. Um, I stayed up to like five in the morning one night watching YouTube videos on video editing. <laughs> and I looked, I'm like, how did I do this? I have to be at work, I have to be at work soon. And I did not close my eyes. Jeez, okay. Oh, yeah, YouTube is a rabbit hole. Like, if you start, you automatically know you're going to be on there for some hours because yeah. it's it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's, I just, how? And you tell yourself, okay, after this video, like, yeah. I need to go do this. And then you look in the sidebar and you're like, ooh, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> back at it. So I'm curious to know, because I've been asking people um, with season two, like, or at least in season one, I was asking people how 2020 has been treating them. And it's mm-hmm. been a mixture. You know, overall, it's kind of like, yikes of a year. But at the same time, some good stuff has come up from it. But since we're so close to the new year, I would like to know what your goals are for 2021. Okay, so my goals for 2021. My number one goal <laughs> is by the time 2021 hits, I want to be a full-on vegetarian Okay. And in 2021, I want to be vegan. So those are like my main goals. <laughs> I know it seems so simple, but it's really hard. Like oh, if yeah. you're cutting food, like that is hard. I feel like um, almost like, you know, an addict because I just, I feel like I relapse and like I kind of have withdrawals and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I'm trying to cut out meat. Yeah. Um, it's it's so real. So those are my my two main goals. Um, and I'm actually going vegan because it's supposed to help with PCOS. I have polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome, and yeah. so my husband and I are also hoping to conceive in 2021. So okay. yeah, so we're hoping for complete veganism and for a baby in 2021. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, definitely hit up my girl Kara at the Grateful Girl. Um, she uh, has gone vegan. And really good friend of mine. We actually did an episode last season. But one thing that I really love about her is she's able to take like your favorite foods and things and veganize it. 
Mm. Like her cookie recipe, she's made them for me so many times. I'm not even kidding. And I'm like, if if these were vegan, I'd have no idea. Like she knows all the little hacks. Like there's some kind of like, it's like this dried plant, but it has the consistency of chicken. Jackfruit. And yeah. No, something else. It, yeah. I, I know jackfruit, but it was something else. Anyways, she has all of these great recipes and things um, of where, how you can like turn your favorite things, especially baking, because I love baked stuff, baked pastries and all that. So definitely hit up Kara, the Grateful Girl. Um, she, she has all the great things. Um, shout out to Kara. Um, cool. So fun fact, you are a type one diabetic, right? Um, and I'm type two. And mm-hmm. so something that uh, I know we've talked offline about is that my understanding of life as a type one diabetic is very minimal. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to kind of just get your take and your story of like when you were diagnosed and kind of what difficulties you faced kind of growing up and dealing with that and having to help people understand the differences between the two. Cause I know, you know, sometimes you could just say I'm a diabetic and everybody just assumes type mm-hmm. two at some point, not realizing like, there's more than one and they yeah. do different things. <laughs> so yeah. I would just love to, if you could share your story about, you know, coming into your diagnosis and how you uh, navigated that. Of course. So I was diagnosed with type one diabetes at 10 years old. My mom took me to the doctor. Uh, she thought that I actually had a bladder infection because my main symptoms were frequent urination, um, like literally waking up in the middle of the night, four or five times to go to the restroom. Um, drinking lots and lots of water. And um, I was just always tired, very lethargic. And so she took me in to get tested for a bladder infection. And it turned out I was like peeing out ketones. You know, I had sugar in my urine. Mm-hmm. So um, I think my blood sugar was like 397. And the doctor was like, she needs to go to the hospital right now. Wow. And it was just like, of course, at 10 years old, I didn't even know. I didn't know what anything meant. But I remember looking at my mom's face and she was a nurse. She had just got out of nursing school at that time. And like, I looked at her face and before she could fix it, (laughs) I could see like the terror in her face and it scared the living life out of me. Yeah. Um, Living life. (laughs) I'm trying not to cuss. Anyway. (laughs) But yeah. Free reign here, just so you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it definitely scared me. So anyway... Fast forward, um, you know, at 10 years old, I think I really had to grow up a lot quicker because, yeah. you know, if you take just an ounce more than you're supposed to of insulin, you can you can die. If you don't yeah. take enough, you can die. Like, it's like these are life life altering decisions that a child is making. And granted, you know, my mom definitely helped me a lot at the beginning, but she was a single mother. So, you know, whenever she was at work, I had to make these decisions. Yeah. So, um, anyway, thankfully, I think when I was 12, 11 or 12 years old, I was blessed to be able to go to a diabetes camp. Shout out to Camp Sweeney that is in Gainesville, Texas. Oh, anyway, wow. Yeah. Um, so I went there one year, one summer for like three weeks, and it was so awesome. I met all these kids who had diabetes, and, you know, I just learned so much. And it was so great to be around other students who are other kids who had it. Yeah. Um, actually, I forgot to mention, and I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on on a recording, but um, when I was in the second grade, we, there was a diabetic boy, his name was Jay, in my class. And he always like ate Cheetos in class. And like, we weren't allowed to have snacks. 
And uh. I didn't know what diabetes meant. And I remember saying, I wish I had diabetes. <laughs> and like, oh no. And literally, <laughs> like a year later, I ended up with freaking diet. I mean, it was just crazy. So now, like, I, I seriously believe in speaking things into the world. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, so the hardest thing, I guess, um, for me, initially was just like having to accept the fact that I wasn't just like everybody else you know like in high school I kind of went through a denial phase of like I don't have to check my blood sugars because I know my body like I can feel when I'm high I can feel when I'm low so like I never really checked my blood sugars this was before CGMs um I rarely checked my blood sugars I would take insulin for my food but you know that's only half of the half of the battle so right. um, I got through that phase of life and in college, it's like, I literally woke up one day and was like, I think I want to take care of myself. I don't know why it was literally just like, I woke up one day like that. Um, and I was working out all the time and, you know, I just, I really started trying to make better decisions for myself, checking my blood sugar more often. I've never really eaten bad because I was an athlete in high yeah. school. So um well I just lost track of what I was saying um oh okay so then in college probably like my junior year um I had a lot of friends who would like end up seeing me take insulin or check my blood sugar or something keep in mind we had been friends for like three years up to this point mm-hmm. and they would be like oh my gosh you have diabetes? I, I never knew that. Lexi, we've been friends for three years. Why did I not know this? And I was like, okay, I need to start like telling people about this because if something happens to me and nobody knows that I'm diabetic, like I could. Right. Um, and so that's what actually kind of sparked me talking about diabetes. I never, I mean, it was just part of my life. I never really felt the need to talk about it. Right. Um, and so the easiest way for me to share information about diabetes was on Instagram. That's where all of my sorority sisters were, my friends in college and high school, family members. And it kind of just, you know, took off from there. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know what it is about those, uh, those moments where you're just like instinctive, like, I just need to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I've definitely had a couple of those moments like, okay, I just need to do it. I don't know why. I don't know what what was working in the universe behind the scenes of like, just pop up. I need to do this. So I definitely understand uh, waking up and you're just like, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, so now that, you know, so you share that like, for the most part, you kept your diagnosis to yourself. You didn't really feel a need um, to share that until, you know, your, your later years in college. So I'm curious, like when you did start to share, like, what were some common misconceptions that people would have about your diagnosis, about how you should, you know, do things or, you know, um, did you kind of run into any ignorance of like, hey, I'm doing something and somebody decides they should tell me how I should do something? Like, I haven't been living with this since I was 10. You know, stuff like that. Because I feel like, you know, we run into that and and people mean well, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't recognize like sometimes how offensive it can be to tell right. somebody who's been dealing with this. So I'm just curious about, you know, what those stories and, and um, you know, how that was like for you. So, and actually the first ignorant, (laughs) a little piece of ignorance actually came from my dad when I was first diagnosed because my parents were divorced, both remarried. Mm -hmm. And my dad got the phone call, rushed to the hospital and immediately was like, 
fussing at my mom like you've been feeding her sugar like has she been eating her have you been feeding her bad foods like immediately and mm. so um of course that's when you know the doctor explains to my dad like type 1 diabetes has nothing to do with the food she was eating and that type of thing but that was like the first the first um comment that I had ever heard. And that's what I thought, you know, hearing my dad say that I was like, oh, I ate like I ate too much. Mm. Um, And so anyway, you know, of course, I learned eventually that's that was not the case. But in college, I remember um, and even in high school, you know, when I would stay with friends at sleepovers, of course, their parents would be concerned about like, what can she eat? We should not we shouldn't order pizza like she can't eat like what do we need to feed you? Can you only have water and salads? Like what can you have? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Or like they would, you know, of course, which I appreciate it now looking back, but like they wanted my mom's phone number and like, they just, they didn't know anything about diabetes. So it was, I mean, I can understand why it would be scary to have somebody else's child in your yeah. house, you know, if you don't know how to, how to help them. Um, and then in college, <laughs> I had plenty of friends who were like scared to go out with me, like go, you know, to the club or whatever, because they just thought something would happen. Like, yeah, drinks. They didn't know what it meant. Like if I could drink them. Um, I've had a friend actually go off on me. She was super drunk, <laughs> but she like went off on me uh, because she didn't know that I was drinking a rum and diet Coke. She thought I had Coke and <laughs> regular Coke, which I can drink regular Coke. You know, of course, right. I didn't want to. But um, she was just like, you're not taking care of yourself and something's going to happen to you. And it was just like, oh, oh Lord, those oh. those drunken fights. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, of course, oh, my God. It just makes things 10 times worse. So um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of the misconception is. I mean, the misconception, honestly, is common for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Because people think that type 2 diabetes is solely caused by lack of exercise and eating bad foods, and that's not the case. Yeah, Uh, Not every time. So um, I just think, honestly, I blame Hollywood. I blame the media. I blame doctors for not really educating people. So yeah, those, those misconceptions are very common. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always fun. Um, I think my biggest struggle, like, you know, being in in uh in Texas in general and here in Austin, you know, food is mm-hmm. is a big common denominator, and um, you know, it's always about where's the spot to go drink, here's yep. some music, food, yep. <laughs> right? Anytime people visit that, those are three things you want to know. And having been here, you know, through uh, my short stint in college and deciding to stay here, like the going out culture never changed. It just shifted around. Okay, now I have a job. Mm -hmm. And so going out when I was first diagnosed was so frustrating because I didn't really change how I drank. Um, Now I do. I usually either do, you know, straight or with like some kind of like club soda or sparkling water. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I only add juice or or soda if like I know I'm getting to that point or I hadn't eaten yet to to Mm -hmm. really um, give myself a base to go off of. But I was still doing, oh my God, I can't believe I drank this uh cherry vodka sodas though that was my drink of choice i can't even imagine that i drank vodka now it's like <laughs> like now i can't do it um but when we would go out to eat it would be like oh should you be eating that oh mm-hmm. you sure you sure you want that Ooh, wait hold on oh let me try a little you know a little bit of that i'll play yeah sure oh wait hold on hold on let me let me 
moved it. Like, you know, you're just like, yeah. I can I can eat things, guys. Like, yeah. it's okay. Um, it's just I have a different way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or not being invited at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not people not understanding. Like, when you guys invite me places, I'm already pulling up the menu to see if I need to eat now mm-hmm. or if I can pick around in there later. You don't have to worry about that. It's not yeah. your responsibility. So I, I wholeheartedly agree that a lot of the misconceptions comes from misinformation. Wow. And, you know, I think even a little bit of, uh, at least for me, my mom was so soon as she was diagnosed, like sugar-free everything, mm-hmm. like everything. It just got really dramatic, really quick. And so seeing those behaviors too, was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of what it is, you know? And so um, not even our parents really knew or understood yeah. what it actually was supposed to be because nobody nobody took time to tell them so mm-hmm. i feel that that's oh fun guys please don't fall into misconceptions do your research yeah. whatever you do do your research Jeez. so speaking of research i'm curious because i know you mentioned cgms um for a second which i am still understanding again because i, I haven't used anything like that myself but I just would like to know, like, what tools, you know, tech, you know, as you learned, I'm a tech nerd, so I love all the apps and things. And other resources do you, you know, enjoy or that you really felt like helped you get to a point where you could optimize your living um, while still managing your diagnosis in a healthy way? Yeah. So I would say, honestly, the other than the insulin pump, a CGM is probably actually to me, it's more innovative than the insulin pump because. A CGM, and it doesn't matter which one you get, people have different preferences. But mm-hmm. um, so, okay, when you prick your finger, you can only see what your blood sugar is in that second, in that right. moment. Two minutes later, your blood sugar is going to change. So let's just say my blood sugar is 135. That's a good number. <clears throat> I want to work out. Okay, well, my blood sugar is not low. You know, I should be fine, right? Well, what if you're actually 135 and going down? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a CGM, you don't know that you're going down. So then you go work out and you crash. You get to like 50 or 40 or something crazy like that. And it could have been avoided if you knew that you're 135 and dropping already. Or same right. thing eating. You know, you don't, it's just, it's knowing the direction, knowing where you're going <clears throat> is almost more important or just as important as knowing where you are in that very moment. Um, and another great thing about CGMs is now most of them have alarms. So like if you have a low blood sugar, a lot of diabetics, thank God I don't have this problem. I can feel like most of my low blood sugars, but a lot of diabetics can't feel lows. Many diabetics have passed out and went into comas and just like crazy stuff because they can't feel their low blood sugars. And with the CGM, you'll get an alert, like it'll wake you up or, you know, it'll, it'll notify you. Um, And then the other thing is, which, oh my gosh, this is a whole rant for a different day, but (laughs) the way that the American healthcare system operates and the um, direction and advice that they give us is not always the best. Usually it's better for them, for their bottom line, financially. Um, So just like the recommended testing your blood sugar four times a day, four times a day is is nothing like that means absolutely nothing you know like mm-hmm. so when your doctor although you can go purchase more test strips you can buy as many test strips as you want but if they're not prescribed to you you're gonna pay out of pocket for those right so you can only check your blood sugar four times a day okay so that's supposed to be before you eat that's what they usually say test it before you eat okay so 
if I test my blood sugar before I eat, how do I know what different foods make me spike and what different foods are not hurting me? You know, you don't know that because you can't even see what your blood sugars are doing after you eat. Or what if I eat four times a day? I check my blood sugar those four times. Well, then I feel like my blood sugar is dropping later on. Okay, so now I need to waste another test strip. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, it just, oh, it frustrates me so much. I think, I think CGMs need to just be like passed out, like how they pass out condoms in high schools. Right. And parenthood places, like CGMs need to be passed out to diabetics because they can literally save lives. I actually um, had a friend who I went to diabetes camp with at, at Camp Sweeney. Um, she passed away in college in her sleep. Um, she didn't have a C- her CGM on and she had a low blood sugar. And it's just like, you know, just thinking about the fact that, wow, like she could still be here, you know, like yeah. these tools can literally save lives. There's been plenty of times when my CGM has woken my husband up before it woke me up and he woke me up so I could drink some juice, you know? Yeah. yeah. I about how many times like I probably would have died or at least been in a coma or something if mm-hmm. I didn't have a CGM. So that's number one. I know I spoke for a long time about no, that. No, no. I think it's important because I, I haven't used one before, but I'm like, I've been considering because like you said, you know, they, they trained at least for, for type two folks, you know, uh, eat to your meter, which is, you know, check before uh, I'm supposed to check once a day. Right. And yeah. then it's in the mornings fasting. And then, you know, my doctor said you could optionally check again after dinner if you kind of want to see where you're at. But like you said, it doesn't give the full spectrum throughout mm-hmm. the day. And thankfully, I do feel my lows. But also, what about the highs, too? You know what I mean? Like if I'm if I'm creeping up way too high, I, I won't always think that my brain fog or that, you know, all of these feelings that I'm having is me actually, you know, because my sugars are way too high. Um, and being able to see, you know, how that reaction is. So now I do have to waste extra strips checking after I've eaten something to see, is it, is it bringing me up? Is it keeping me even or is it dropping me? And mm-hmm. those strips are not cheap, mm-hmm. like at all. <laughs> so, so I, I am, uh, you know, I'm very open-minded to CGMs cause I'm still learning so much about them. Um, especially now that they are coming out with more and more options. Um, because I'm actually interested in one myself just to try it out, just to kind of see what my day is doing because, you know, I do the, the 90 day A1C thing mm-hmm. and, it's good to know when, when things are trending down and when you're seeing good number readings, but to, to really have a deeper impact on mm-hmm. how to navigate your eating cycle and things like that, I do think it's important to like, what am I actually doing during the day? You know, maybe I'm spiking mm-hmm. at four o'clock in the afternoon because that's when I have happy hour. I don't know, you know, whatever is going on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in, in checking one out for myself for sure. Yeah, I think um, the best way, I, I honestly don't personally believe and some people might come at me for this, but I do not believe that you can get the absolute best management of your diabetes without a CGM. There's no way because you don't know how to fine tune. Right. You know? um, so, yeah, I just I, I, I'm a huge CGM advocate. I also um, use the uh, oh, my God, the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump, which is amazing. Um, I used to have the T-Slim insulin pump and that was great too. I personally don't like tubing. My husband likes being able, you know, whenever things get frisky, he doesn't want yeah. to worry about tubing, like all that kind of stuff. So that's sure. amazing. Um, and also for people who don't use pumps or who can't afford a pump or who don't want a pump, 
there is an insulin pen, a smart insulin pen. I was actually one of the first people to use it called the Pen by Companion Medical. It came out probably about four years ago and now it's totally evolved, but um, it has almost every tool that an insulin pump has. So you can um, calculate your, you can calculate your insulin dose based on your carbs and your blood sugar through their app. It keeps track of how much insulin is actually in your body. So wow. like your IOB, so like an insulin pump will tell me like right now I still have two units in my body, you know? So I know I probably don't need to take more insulin if my blood sugar is high, it's probably gonna come down. Well, this insulin pen does the same thing. Um, it also has, oh, I can't think of everything that it has because I haven't used it in so long, but it is amazing. So y'all make sure to check that out. The N-Pen by Companion Medical. I am not like an affiliated person with them. I just really love that technology. Um, and it's also very affordable. I think it's like $80 a year for the pen itself. You have to get a new one each year. And mm -hmm. the cartridges, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's based on your insurance for that part, but right. yeah. So definitely that one love that one <laughs> nice so so how how was your experience transitioning from manually injecting insulin to the pump because um i think that's the thing that i see such a mixture of so like my dad takes insulin but he does you know the normal uh pin shot um but i see people with their pumps and i'm just like curious but obviously i can't like take it off of somebody and be like hey can i look at this and yeah. see how it does and you know actually when i when i was working for apple a long time ago i worked with someone who you know he's he transitioned to a pump so he would still do the shot um but he still had the tubing and everything for it and you know i don't know what the, his setup was but i remember sitting there thinking he's a tall skinny lanky guy which by the way guys di diabetes doesn't have a look fun right. fact <laughs> um and you know understanding like okay you you're a diabetic, but you're type one. Like I'm, I'm aware that it's like an insulin thing, and it's it's you know kind of a, uh, you know physical you know gene disorder kind of thing. Okay, um, but it just didn't phase me in the fact of like, oh, you ha you're wearing this because it's actually like you know bringing the hormone that you need into your mm -hmm. body to do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, like, what was that transition like for you from? okay, I'm tired of taking these shots. Cause my dad's like, it hurts. And I'm like, I can only imagine I just do the finger and I'm, you know, the, when he goes off into the corner, I'm just like, I'm already like hugging myself. Cause I'm just like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. And, and to be diagnosed so young on top of that. And like, that's what you have to do, yeah. you know, like more power to you because I mean, I've got plenty of tattoos. So you'd think I'd be cool with needles by now, but like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just curious, you know, that transition from manually to uh, to a pump and what that experience was like. Yeah. So uh, honestly, syringes for me, they, they weren't that bad. Now, it also depends on what size your syringe is. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I was always able to pretty much use like the smallest syringe that they have. Um, so they weren't that painful. The only problem with syringes... <clears throat> is A, you have to carry all of them around and your insulin around all the time. Um, B, disposing of, of them. You're supposed to use a sharps container. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I use the milk jug. Um, and most of them, you can, you know, they, the smallest ones, I think, go to like the half unit. Mm. So that's, they're great for some people. Um, and honestly, like same thing with that smart pin, the end pin that I was telling you about, it only goes down to a half unit. 
the great thing about insulin pumps, and I think the main thing that makes them so amazing is the fact that they can dose to the decimal. So like I can give myself 0.02 units right now mm. and you know, it's exact. So I don't have to worry about trying to eat a little bit more to make sure that I'm feeding that insulin that I'm taking so that I don't drop. I can get exactly what I need. Um, and doing that basically almost has let me kind of go on like autopilot. So it's like, okay, I'm eating this much. My blood sugar is this, put it in my pump. Okay. I need 1.32 units. Bet my pump's already giving it to me and I'm good. Wow. Uh, you only have to change it out every three days. And that's all. I think that's pretty much across the board, no matter what type of pump you have. Uh, okay. It still is kind of painful to put it in depending on, you know, where you're putting it on your body and you can a lot of times feel the insulin going in sometimes. Mm. Um, but with the pump, you also have a um, a basal rate, which is basically like a little bit of insulin being, um, you know, dosed or whatever every hour, I think. Is it every hour? I think it's every hour. Um, so it kind of acts, it kind of takes the place of long acting insulin. So usually type one diabetics have to take a long acting insulin. They usually take it maybe like once or twice a day. Um, and then the short acting insulin they'll take every time they eat. So, mm. you know, you're taking yourself about a good, we're just going to say four or five times a day. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the pump, you know, you stick yourself every three days and then everything is just kind of like on autopilot. Wow. Wow. So, so the convenience, uh, is already, yeah, through the roof. It sounds yeah. like because I can only imagine having to do that so many times a day. Yeah, and you don't really have to like, like I said, carrying all the syringes and worrying about. I've broken an insulin vial in an airport before. Oh my gosh, that was. And we were in. We had just gotten to the Cayman Islands. I went to go visit my dad in the Cayman Islands, and it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm in a whole other country, and I just broke yeah. it. You know, that's liquid gold. So anyway. um but, you know, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's all, it's attached to you and you're good to go. And so like with when I had the T-Slim with tubing, I would just stick it in my sports bra and, you know, go about my day. And yeah. now I have the tubeless one. It's like, oh, it's on my back right now. Um, it's just there. Like I forget that it's there most of the time. So super convenient. Yeah. Yeah. The the tech in, in diabetes is definitely picking up and I appreciate it a lot. Um, like I use the one drop meter. Um, because I had like a standard AccuCheck, mm -hmm. but the idea, especially when I started out, I was checking three times a day. Um, and I was just like, okay, as much as I love journals and stuff, logging my numbers is just not one of those things that's sticking, right? It's just not <laughs> like logging my food, logging my numbers. I'm not doing it. I can barely log a workout if I decide to work out because I don't work out right now <laughs> but, you know it's one of those things where you're just like oh like on top of all the things that you mm -hmm. have so when I came across the one drop meter I'm like wait a minute it's an app and I ain't gotta yep yep <laughs> sign me up sign me up and uh it actually was cheaper without my insurance mm -hmm. my what? insurance actually at the time was gonna make it more expensive and now they have like a um their own kind of subscription plan mm -hmm. and you can you know uh cater the amount of strips that you need to whatever how many times that you you need to use it for um and so because i've uh come down on how many times that i need to check they also do like a um an estimated a1c like the more that you do readings the, it can kind of give you an idea mm -hmm. um which also is helpful for me because it's like okay if i see that it starts creeping up 
you know, after month one, I'm like, all right, I know I'm not getting the full picture, but maybe I need to adjust some things. You know, I can generate a report and shoot it off to my doctor if I need to, or if I'm in the office with her and she's like, okay, well, what are your readings been like? right here here you go and I can change what type of graph it looks like and make it pretty you know it's all, all these things and they even have coaching programs to help you with that but oh, I think okay. yeah yeah it's really really cool but the tech aspect I think um you know we're really starting to make huge strides in it and I think it's important because gosh I don't think I mean we grew up right in the middle of things we're like old school, but we can hang on to tech and we know how to roll with it. I don't know how these new kids going to be able to like, you what? (laughs) You didn't have an iPad when you were two? (laughs) Like, I didn't. I didn't. I used this thing with buttons on it that turned on a tube thing and pictures showed up. (laughs) Like, like, so just the idea of how tech can really evolve how we do things. And that's why I'm, I'm pretty excited to, you know, look at CGMs more because um, the more invested I am in not only, you know, being the giddy pig for my own platform, yeah. but really seeing like, how can I streamline this process? Because right now it's still semi-manual. Like mm-hmm. I wake up, first thing I do, knock back a bottle of water, go check my numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have to, you know, make sure I, I pop the pills at night. You know, if there are ways to automate that in any kind of way, like I'm all for it. Yeah. So being able to have your medication stay on you and then be dosed to you shoot i would have signed up if i could like because because and my pills are big i have the extended release they're like horse pills and i gotta take two of them I'm like, like, so i'm like i'm trying to get off this asap because geez <laughs> no <laughs> why so i think that's awesome um so definitely have to check that out um cgms and insulin pumps um are there any other resources that you like to use like you know you know uh, sh- uh have you checked out the the myabetic tv app mm-hmm. yet Oh, I haven't I haven't down I haven't downloaded on my fire stick yet, but I am excited about that. That that type of stuff is like that we is, had a like there was an award show. Yeah. It's my abetic so when they first came out with the little with the bags, I have like three or four of the purses. Um I was like, man, this is great. Like finally people understand. Like we mm-hmm. you know, because if you look if you look at most of my purses, which now they're all nice and cozy in my closet because of COVID. But they all had test strips at the bottom of them. Like, Mm -hmm. my mom hated having to go look for something in my purse because she would probably get poked with the lancet. Um, And (laughs) I'm I'm guilty. I rarely change my lancet, so I don't even know how I had some in my purse. Like, I just don't even know. Uh, But my bedding made it so much easier to to organize your stuff. And even if you don't organize your stuff, all your diabetic stuff is on one side and all your, like, regular stuff is on the other side. And it was just amazing. So then for them to evolve into this like whole platform for diabetics i just yeah kudos to my but i i love their brand and, and what they're doing but yeah they're um my or diabetic tv or whatever it's awesome i watched um gosh what was that show i can't remember what the show is what the show is called right now but anyway it's really good it's funny like it's just stuff that we all can relate to because they're like okay yeah like that happens for us every day yeah and on the outside you know they don't it's rare that you see real, you know, actual TV shows or whatever with somebody showing that they have diabetes, like right, you know, or or they make it a joke, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah, or like super dramatic, or like I think there's only one movie that I can think of, and that was um, Panic. I think it's called Panic Room, where mm-hmm. the little girl was diabetic. Have you seen that movie? 
Not Panic Room, but I remember there was uh, another show. Was it Limitless? There was some, like, one of those crime CSI-like shows where they mm-hmm. used tracking his pump as a way to oh, find yeah. him. That was yeah, good. because because they had he had to get a new prescription. He, uh, a little boy had been kidnapped, mm-hmm. but um, the kidnapper was, like, related to him or something like that, and he had to go refill his prescription, mm-hmm. and they kind of used that to, mm-hmm. to back check him and the serial number on his pump and everything. So, But, you know, he was a little kid, and it makes sense, mm-hmm. but... <clears throat> There's so much more, and I, I I loved when you got on the live with Glucose Gang Mike, and you guys were talking about like having relations because that's a thing, that's a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I hadn't even thought about that. I was like, oh man, like there have been moments where you know me and my partner are together, and I'm running off quick to go like knock back some juice okay. because I forgot to eat, and I'm not trying to like tap out because yeah. I can't see straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Stuff like that. You know, I never even like, oh, man. And, and I know you mentioned like the tubing. So I'm like, this is a thing and nobody talks about this. Yeah, nobody except for us. Yeah, except for us, right? And it's just like technology has really, really helped. So like I was saying with uh, Mike, it's just like, you know, I can be still in the motion, right? And just like look at my watch. Okay, my blood sugar is good. Keep going, you know, or like scan my my cgm be like okay i'm good and there's been so many times like my husband thankfully has learned to train himself to just like tune out the sound of my fruit snack wrappers mm-hmm. because there's plenty of times like in the middle you know he's doing the work at the time so like i'm like okay look my blood sugar drop and just keep going i'm gonna eat a fruit snack real quick yeah. <laughs> like, but you know in the beginning that's such a mood killer like yeah <laughs> yeah like like Am I boring you? It's just like, no, nah, like I just really, I just really need to hit these Scooby snacks real quick. Okay. Just like, just like ignore it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the thing, you know? And, and even like the, the, the troubles that you can have, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't realize for, for men that, and it was my dad who told me, which made it so weird. Like, <laughs> Hey, this can cause problems and circulation issues. You know, did you know that? I'm like, cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. I didn't know we was going to talk about this and, and we did it in our, in our episode together, but it was still like, he's like, I can't believe we're talking about sex with my kid. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do, but like, I had never even fully wrapped my head around all of the different small ways and big ways that, you know, even your mood, mm-hmm. you know, like before you even get to that point, like, it's not that I don't think that you're hot stuff right now. I am just so hazy right now because yeah. I, I call it the shakes. Like, I'm like, because I literally start to shake and I get hot and I'm sweating. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, if I don't eat, drink everything in the house <laughs> right now, you might not want to go there with me. I might murder you by accident. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of stuff that's so insane. And, and I'm glad that, um, you know, my abetic has taken the step in providing, you know, visual content that, you know, tells stories that's similar to what we go through. Um Speaking of partners, I really would love to know more about you and your husband and like how that's been going. I, I did an episode with my partner, but like I'm curious now that you know you've had to deal with the tubing and you're having to take insulin and make sure that it's a regular thing because um it can be life threatening if you don't. Like how is how was that in you guys dating and getting married and like building a life together? So um honestly, my husband was is probably or has been the most fearless like 
person that I have ever dated, which is probably why he's my husband. <laughs> um, like he just didn't care. Like, okay, you have diabetes. All right, cool. And next conversation, like right. a big deal, you know? Um, but he also has been so um, intentional about learning. Uh, we mm-hmm. went to a, an event hosted by JDRF, the San Antonio chapter a couple years ago. And like, you know, he's the one, he was like, well, we need to go to the one where they're talking about like, you know, pregnancy and diabetes. I need to know what I need to be doing and looking for. And like, you know, it's just, it feels good to know that somebody, like you don't have to try to like force somebody to learn. You right. Know? Um, and there's been so many times, cause I am, I, I do have an issue or am working on an issue that I have with being, trying to be too overly independent, you know, like. I have a partner here. I don't have to do everything by myself. You know, yeah. sometimes it's hard for me to like, I've been taking care of my diabetes for my whole life. Like, right. you know, but there are times when he wants to like, well, let me try to, you know, put your CGM on. I need to know how to do this. I need to know how to do that. Um, and I mean, it's true. He does need to know. Cause what happens if, well, actually it has happened. Um, during our honeymoon, uh, we were in Mexico. Your girl got drunk AF. <laughs> <laughs> But my CGM came off for one. So, because usually he would just look at his phone and he has all my blood sugars. He can see him. So mm-hmm. he didn't know where my blood sugars were. All I remember is walking up to the bar and getting an, one last rum and Diet Coke. And then I don't remember anything after that. I was like, my, my first time blacking out was my 21st birthday. And that was my second time blacking out during my honeymoon. Um, and girl, he, he was just like, I was terrified. I didn't know if your blood sugar was low or if you were just drunk like I couldn't tell mm-hmm. yeah so we, were, we had taken a cruise ship so we were like 10 miles from the cruise ship and like I didn't have my glucometer because we had my CGM and mm-hmm. it was oh my gosh so he flagged down a taxi girl got me in the taxi like took us to the cruise ship and um he said like he couldn't find my glucometer and I had just left it in my purse I don't know why he didn't look at my purse but anyway um, <laughs> He ended up taking me to the little ER that they have on the cruise ship and, you know, have him check my blood sugar. Thank God my blood sugar was fine. I was just super drunk. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was able to, okay, sh- her blood sugar is kind of high right now. Let me type that into her pump and give her some insulin. Like, he was able to do all of that. And it's like, yeah. you don't realize that your partner really needs to understand this for times like that, you know? Right, so, right. That was the most like I, I was like, okay, good. like he could act, he could take care of me, like you know that just felt real good. So um, it's been it's been a roller coaster for sure because obviously with diabetes, like <clears throat> as soon as you get used to something, it changes. Like I could mm-hmm. eat an apple today and my blood sugar is fine, and I could eat an apple next week and my blood sugar spikes. Like it's just always changing, and yep. so that's also kind of frustrating for him because he'll think. You know, he'll try to like predict what my blood sugar is going to be or whatever. Like he'll really try to cater to some of those needs. And then he gets kind of discouraged when it doesn't happen, happen that way. It's definitely I mean, all it really is is just a journey because there's no there's no like definite point when you're just to the ultimate place of like perfect diabetes. Like, yeah, I wish. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it has been very interesting. We've definitely both grown a lot because of that. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting thing. It uh, makes you aware of how you need to take care of yourself. It brings you together, mm-hmm. you know. So shout out to all the partners out there who are uh, trooping it for your diabetics in your life. It's a yeah. it's a thing. He doesn't even like 
like he trusts me to make sure I'm making the right call, but he's a lot more aware, more sensitive now of things, mm-hmm. especially like when we order stuff. Because uh, lately we just, so now he just hands me the phone. He's like, you know, I'm not even going to attempt to think I can guess what's going to be best for you right now because uh, he definitely eats very much like a military man. Like it's just for function. Yeah. It is not for enjoyment. <laughs> just yeah. like I just, if I don't eat, I might literally fall to the ground. So I should probably do that. So I probably shouldn't pick your food because I'm just, not gonna consider things <laughs> so uh but he's he definitely understands and like making sure that I'm okay and um especially when we're out drinking you know mm-hmm. like he's very mindful and watchful over me um because I've definitely had some moments where I was like wake up the next morning I'm like so how we get home <laughs> because nope was it like how bad? Like was it bad? It's like oh, okay, okay, right, it wasn't bad. I tried to get you to hydrate. You said no. Eesh, my bad. <laughs> like, you know those moments. But um, yeah, that's that's awesome. So I really love to talk about your business now, um, Sugarless Society, um, and everything that you're doing with it. And I'm just curious, like, what pushed you to start it, and then what are you hoping to accomplish moving forward um, as we continue to navigate the pandemic and all kinds of things and uh you know hopefully into mommyhood very soon um all of that i'd love to know more about your business yeah so actually um the sugarless society was originally called lomed boutique and that was established simply because i just didn't like the bracelets the diabetic bracelets that were out there um and i actually designed one i sketched it out just for myself Mm -hmm. And um, it turned out, you know, obviously it was more cost effective to just buy in bulk than to have one made. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just buy a bunch of them and hopefully other people will like them and I'll just sell them and get rid of them. Um, (laughs) But it turned out, you know, people actually really like them. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I should like make this a a real business, you know? Um, And of course, I wanted to somehow just give back to the diabetes community, obviously, because it is my community. <laughs> and um, so I was able to partner with the Sonia Nabita Foundation, which is um, a nonprofit that pretty much uh, provides education and medical supplies for type one diabetic children in Africa. Um, yeah. and they also have like camps and it's just, it's a really great organization. So I was able to partner with them to where, you know, a portion of the proceeds from all of my bracelets go to them. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just kind of like, I mean, it is a business, obviously, but it, it's really just like a, a feel good. It just feels good. Like, you know, I don't know, just yeah. that you're, you're providing something that A, people actually like and, you know, it's stylish. That was my biggest thing. Like, I hated wearing the ugly, clunky medical bracelets. I would take it off whenever my mom wasn't around because I didn't want to wear it. And then I would lose it. <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> get about another one. Um, and then the ones that were really cute, they're pretty expensive and I lose stuff all the time. So it was just like, okay, I gotta like find something that's good for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really how it all kind of started. And now it's kind of evolved into, honestly, I feel like I'm trying to do a little bit of everything and I need to just kind of like sit down for a second and focus on one thing. Cause I feel like I just want to do so much for so many people, you know? So yeah, like, yeah. I have recipes on there. I have a blog. I started a, um, a Facebook group so like the women can connect with each other. And it's mm-hmm. great. It's definitely a great thing. Um, but for sure, like, you know, as 
I progress towards motherhood, like I'm probably going to have to take a back seat and let somebody else. Like I said, I'm kind of a control freak. I kind of like to have my hands in everything. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Like take a step back. But um, overall, Sugarless Society is really just a way for me to continue to spread awareness and to give back to the diabetes community all in one. Yeah. And I think the the thing that I appreciated, like you said, like medical bracelets, they are just not at all appealing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I came across you that I even considered like, oh, should I be wearing a medical bracelet? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe I should because I always get the shocked face when people are like, oh, you're diabetic. I'm like, yeah, because in my mind, I'm like, duh, like, it, you know, it, you know, because I'm I'm used to my 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 small circle who just they just know. But when I meet new people, I forget like, oh, you have to go through the whole reprogramming of my life. And I never considered, OK, what if something happens? Uh-huh. And, you know, granted, I have it programmed into my phone for like, you know, that emergency pull up information. Yeah. But if something happens to the screen is shot to hell, like, all right, well, then what, you know, yeah. so I never even considered that. And that was one of the things that drew me to it is like, they're so stylish. They can blend in with any of the jewelry that I already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the shirts, I'm still, I cannot wait to get paid on Friday, next <laughs> Friday. So that way I can like plan out what my fun stuff is because that bad bougie bedic shirt, I need it. <laughs> like I need it. I need it. Um, and I love that it's like a conversation starter. Like you told me, like it's something to make you think about it because it's easy to get in our bubbles. Yeah. Because this is all that we've known, you know, or have had to to learn to know. Um, but once we start to like interact with other people and, you know, when we can start to actually do that on a scale that isn't like, please don't get me Rona, like, you know, <laughs> we can we can really have these meaningful conversations surrounding mm-hmm. this. And something that you've been advocating for recently that I, I've been also trying to like, oh, shit, I didn't know this was going on, is there's no insulin in Iran. You know what I mean? And how many people really understand what that means if they're not having these conversations about being a diabetic, you know? But yeah, you know, you know, uh, having these meaningful conversations surrounding what that means, because there's definitely a lot of ignorance of, okay, if a whole country does not have insulin. Mm-hmm. I don't think you understand like exactly. what that really means and and how that's instantly killing people. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time, you know what I mean? And so um, I think having products that start that conversation, you know, can really be impactful because you run into people and, you know, it happens. You, hey, oh, I love that shirt. You know, where'd you get that shirt from? And and we as women, sometimes we can't just take compliments. We have to share yeah, that we bought it on sale yeah. or something like we can, you know, so if like if, if you're going to if you're going to go that route anyways, like we typically do, then how cool would it be to be like, oh, my God, what does your shirt mean? Where exactly. did you get it from? You know, yeah. and, and like, what's the mission behind it? It's like, hey, it's because there are countries like Iran that don't have insulin. Mm-hmm. You know, there are communities of color that can't afford insulin right, right here in your backyard, you know, and I think that that's awesome that you're building something that speaks to that. But again, also doesn't make me want to like cringe at what's <laughs> on my wrist because now I kind of want one. I'm like, oh, I bet. Well, yeah, I guess I should have a medical bracelet, but it's cute. Like, guys, they're cute. Like, I would wear it probably even if I wasn't, which is probably bad. So if you're not, don't don't buy it. I mean, <laughs> buy it. Just give it to somebody. somebody you know, don't like don't like confuse the world. But that that's that's what I really appreciated is that like, hey, I, I can feel normal, mm-hmm. but know that it also serves a purpose of right. if something were to happen, you know, it's it's informative. 
Yeah. So. I think um, when, so two things, I guess, with the bracelet. So something that most people notice is that there's not like a, you know, the red medical symbol or whatever on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was simply because I wanted it to be discreet enough to wear like, women the way that we think okay this has red on it i'm not wearing red like uh you know but yep. it since diabetic is literally written out like there's no way that you cannot know that <laughs> i'm diabetic unless you just can't read right um, and if that's the case hopefully you have somebody with you who can read right <laughs> <laughs> but you know and another thing is like so i think too often people feel the need i mean it is important to Um, educate people on the differences between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. But there is also a lot of division within the diabetes community concerning type 1 and type 2 diabetes. At the end of the day, because some people feel like, oh, type 1s are better than type 2 diabetics or type 2 diabetes. You know, like it's just, it's this crazy uh, misconception. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we are all in this thing that don't none of us want. we're, We're just trying to survive. So if you pass out in public, Guess what? It doesn't matter if you're type one or type two. They need to, somebody needs to know that you're diabetic. Diabetic, right. if you passed out, either your blood sugar is high or it's low. If they know that you're diabetic, they can at least tell the ambulance, okay, hey, she's diabetic, and they can figure out, you know, what you need. But um, I think that's just something important for a lot of people to understand because too many people feel the need to, um, I guess, always point the finger at the one that they're not. The type right. Not. Um, And also with the shirts, uh, like you said, because I definitely forgot to mention that, um, it is definitely all about starting conversations. You know, some of the stuff is funny, like high AF, you know, Mm -hmm. in in small font, it says without insulin, but it's literally for conversation starters. Somebody will see you with a shirt that says high AF. They'll probably look at you crazy. Actually, I've gotten crazy looks before, Um, (laughs) you know, and then you know, as they get closer, they kind of read the bottom of it like, oh, okay. Like, so you're diabetic. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes. I and am. even if I did engage, it ain't your business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's just, it's literally all about spreading awareness. Like I said, cause it's so hard to, it's hard to make people aware. Cause most people don't care about something if it doesn't affect them. Exactly. So it's like, how am I, what other way, unless you ask me about it, how am I going to start a conversation with a stranger about diabetes? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Are you going to do, are you hoping to do like a full line or what What do you hope to kind of expand Sugarless Society into? You know, it sounds like you're, you're building a community, uh, but even are you going to do like any type of coaching stuff or is, are you going to stick with like physical products? Like, so. I personally don't have any certifications to do any type of coaching. Um, But what I would love to do within building, I guess, yeah, you could definitely call it a community, a sisterhood or whatever, is for all of us, you know, who are in this community, we know like, okay, she's a therapist. Okay, she's a doctor. Like, we all kind of have everything that we need all within this community. So we're not having to go seek outside and we all know for the most part that everybody hopefully has pure intentions because mm-hmm. we're all in this community together. So that's eventually what I would like for everything to kind of evolve into because it's really I mean the products you know initially just came about cuz I had to get products. And <laughs> now um you know now that especially with me um giving a portion of the proceeds to the Sonia Nabita Foundation it really just 
makes it more meaningful to me having, you know, to have the product. So there probably will always be products simply because of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely, hopefully going to evolve into more of a community aspect. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I am recognizing more and more, um, which is why I was excited. Uh, I almost felt like I was intruding when you, when you and Mike did that live because, <laughs> you know, it was something that I could understand but couldn't 100% relate to because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not on the insulin side of things. But I learned so much and it actually was what pushed me to really expand my platform past type two diabetics, because I was like, you know what? I don't want to play into that division. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yes. Is, is it there room to say, Hey, you know, Lexi's type one, I'm type two simply for the very basic matter of like, there's certain things that Lexi's going to need and certain things that Taylor's going to need. Right. Um, but that's really it. That's exactly. the only separating factor. Um, and so I really wanted to ensure that whatever I talk about, even though I'm going to share my personal experiences, that I include perspectives that have all of those sides because it matters and you never know who you're coming across. Um, Because just like you, like I wasn't really advertising Mm -hmm. that I was a diabetic, you know, and, and it's always funny when you see people's faces react when you meet them and you're eating (laughs) and they just kind of look at you like, you just had like three glasses of wine. Like, are you sure you're supposed to be doing that? Like, mind your business. I know what I'm doing over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but even so, like, I think it's just so important for us to connect. And I was actually telling someone, you know, when I first started this a few years ago, um, I was one intimidated by the lack of people just in the diabetic space in general. And then of course the lack of black women or or black men, because that's yeah. who I relate to. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I teetered between like, okay, do I really want to have this brand or not? And finally committed to, okay, the podcast route is what I should do and got back involved in the community. It's exploded over the last couple of years. Um, and if, if old Taylor were sitting here, I'd have been intimidated because all I would see was competition. Yeah. Right. And now I'm like, no, I see collaboration. I see people that I can learn from. I see people that can help me fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. of things that I'm not aware of, like being a type one diabetic. And so um, I think us trying to build those communities and make sure that the appropriate information is out there um, while still saying, do your research. Yeah. You know, like, because you just shouldn't follow everything that somebody says, even, you know, I don't want anybody to follow directly what I say without them doing the research right. because it may not work for you mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, so I think um, I'm, I'm really excited for, you know, what your brand is going to do and provide and how it's going to continue to connect people. Um, I love what you're doing and advocating for Iran. Like you were the first person that I knew to like make it aware for me. Mm-hmm. I was literally just scrolling through. I was like, what? Yeah. Nobody's talking about this. No. You know, I'm looking up everything and I'm like, Dang. Okay. Well, I need to 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 do my part. You know, I need to to make sure I'm putting you know what I can out there, even to the few people that actually do pay attention to me. Yeah. Like it's still you know connecting. So, um, so thank you for all that you're doing, um, and for creating medical bracelets that are bomb looking. Because again, I never <laughs> thought about having one. I probably should get one. I should really get one. <laughs> Might save my life one day. <laughs> okay, so last question. Well, semi last question. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give to whether it's type one, type two diabetic? What's one thing that you would want to leave them with um, if it was the last thing that you had to tell someone? 
Um, <clears throat> the last thing that I would tell any diabetic is, hmm, really, I just, I want people to, I guess, kind of soak up the mentality of, even though, you know, obviously we're not proud to be diabetic, <clears throat> we don't have to be ashamed of it either. Like, mm. I feel like that is a um, a big thing. Like, I see a lot of people now almost feeling like they have to say, like, people have said, like, proud diabetic. Like, are you really proud? You know, like, I understand that you're proud of what you've overcome because of diabetes, you know, like, mm-hmm. that aspect of it. But you don't have to be happy to have diabetes. Like, I don't think anybody is just like, yes, I have diabetes. Like, right. that's the case. But you also don't have to be ashamed. And I think um, the biggest thing that we can all do, um, which I love to see on Instagram now, it's all, I only really follow diabetics on Instagram now, but um, just everybody living their everyday life, like that's, that's all it's about. That's what it's all about. So um, especially like, you know, people get all into the sucked into that influencer thing. And it's like, it does not matter. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter if you think nobody's paying attention. If you are following one person and one person is following you, y'all are both influencing each other. Right. That energy that you're putting out there, that positivity that you're putting out there, and it doesn't always have to be positive. Like, don't fall into the trap of, I have to make my life look so perfect on Instagram. I have to look like the perfect diabetic. Like, we all know that it's not real. So Right, right. Share the the bad stuff. Like I posted last night, I was 55 and dropping. Like, you know, because everybody goes through it. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. So I think really just embracing, yes, the fact that you have diabetes, but you are still an individual person that has something to offer the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing that I really just want to put out there. Word. I co-sign <laughs> on all of that. Thank you. All of that. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree. Like it's, we definitely... Um, and I find myself having to catch myself. And that's usually when I'm like, I need a social media break. When mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to make sure this is perfect. I need to make sure when I'm posting this, I'm only posting that. It's just like, no, the whole reason why I wanted to do this is to tell people like, I'm not there yet. Like my last A1C was 7.5. Mm-hmm. Now it was a drop from the 10 and I'm going to take that win and I'm going to keep working at it, but I'm not there yet. And that's okay. Um, I'm doing better. And, and every day that I take a step towards doing better, Cool. I had pizza last night. Not a shame of it. It was good. It, <laughs> it was, was good. damn good. <laughs> it was Friday. I didn't want to leave the house. I went do nothing. Had my whiskey. I had my pizza. It's a great night, you know. And yeah, I, I took. Yeah, you know, I, t- I took my meds. I drank my water, and this morning I checked, and I think it was like what, what, one forty? You know, not terrible. Because majority of the time, I'm doing the work to ensure that my body compensates. So when I do get a treat, hey. I'm not really like, oh my God, I ate pizza and the world is over. I can't like, no, I'm, no, we're not about to do that. It's okay. You know? Um, so I support that 100%. Just be yourself and it's okay. Um, so with that being said, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Um, you know, if, if uh, how can they buy something from, uh, get, you know, get you a medical bracelet so you're not running around out here like me with no <laughs> medical bracelet um, all the things, how can they connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is the divabetic and my, uh, business website is the sugarless society.com or sugarless society on Instagram. 
And that's, that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Lexi, for your time. This has been really fun. And again, guys, there's no insulin in Iran. There is none. Raise all the hell possible. Because um, I'm sure if, if it were happening here in the States, it'd be a whole nother story. Exactly. Um, so thank you for making me aware of that. Um, and everything that you're doing to advocate for, you know, those people who really could use it. So I look forward to seeing what you do. Please come back on the yeah. show. We'll do like an update or whatever. And yeah. That sounds great. Thank you, Taylor. And thank you for what you're doing. You're, this podcast is amazing. Thank I you. I think people oftentimes don't realize the impact that they are having. Like people on the outside can see, but like you never really realize what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, that. Yeah. Your, your podcast is amazing. And I think, especially now that you're expanding it, I think that is awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. I do it for us. Yes. I do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will catch you all next time. Thank you so much for your time, energy, and space. Until then. Bye, guys. Peace, love, and good blood sugars. All day. <laughs> Perfect. Super informative, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, just, I really enjoyed this convo with Lexi. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, it was really just eye-opening. Just all of the things that we talked about, the relationship stuff and, you know, trying to uh, navigate a lot of the tools and resources that diabetics can use. And it really inspired me uh, not only to get my own medical bracelet uh, through Sugarless Society because they're so fashionable, um, but to really think about getting my own CGM. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought too much about keeping track of my blood sugar levels throughout the day. And, you know, anytime that I did, it required an excessive amount of strips, you know, so I definitely think I'm going to be talking to my doctor about, um, you know, getting a wearable one, even if it's just for a short period of time. It can really provide a lot of key information that can just continue to help me adjust my lifestyle to ensure that I'm on the right track to keep this diabetes in check. You know what I mean? So be sure to follow her. Be sure to check her out. Um, again, thank you again, Lexi, for uh, highlighting and advocating for the people of Iran who don't have insulin, especially um, since you know firsthand just how important it is. So until next time, guys, we'll catch you next Thursday. All the things, Instagram, follow the show. Check out the website. Website is nice and shiny and updated. I hope that uh, you guys like it. Um, I worked really hard on it. <laughs> but anyways, until next Thursday. 